So when you and I spoke last, uh, I did not bake the Devin McCourty retirement into the equation. I think I had the Pats at seven wins Darn. Uh, when we spoke. Patriots, after that, and I also think they got, and they also got rid of win too, which, I, that, which was put into it. Uh, we're at five now. Uh, I had them on the money last year, eight wins. They had eight wins. We're looking at five wins, man. This Patriots team, which I think in Vegas is seven and a half right now, they are being so overhyped. This but team is bad. They're so bad. bad they're the only team that you had on the graphic, just the coach, not even a player. Think of that. Who the fuck are you going to put on there? Uh, Bailey Zappi? Mac Jones? Maybe Juju, but I don't think you have a pick. Matt Judon. Matt Judon's pretty good. I would maybe. Could could a regular fan pick Matt Judon out of the crowd? No. Exactly. Um, it's bad. You know, Mac Jones regressed. Bailey Zappi is okay. Um, the running back group is fine. You know, Stevenson, Robinson, Montgomery is fine. Receiver group is, you know, Dante Parker is good. And then the rest is average. Honestly, the rest is it's really bad, man. Like, Kendrick Bourne is okay. Smith Schuster is okay. Thornton's okay. And then, like, Matt Slater, their fifth receiver. Like, their receiving group is bad this year. I think that they're, I think that they're hoping that Kayshawn Boot. Or booty, whatever it is. Yeah, well, we'll we'll see when it comes out. Yeah. Like this is a bad group, and yeah. then uh, Hunter Henry is not the same player that he was no. in Los Angeles. No, uh, we'll see what happens with Saki. He might be a, a pseudo receiver at this point, which he kind of was in Miami. He was like a slot, like yeah. a big slot. Yeah. Um, and then this offensive line, which is, is the weakness I have, is bad. Trent Brown is a name. That's it. Cole Strange is is okay. Uh, Andrews, David Andrews is good. But Good. probably not the level you need for, I guess, well, Kyle was center at this point. Um, oh, Michael Wynn is good. Like that, hands yeah. down, Michael Wynn is good. Yeah. Um, Riley Reef is okay. Yeah. Calvin Anderson's okay. Connor Dermott's okay. But this is, yeah. this, like, there's a lot of guys here that are okay or have decent names, but not what you need out of a NFL caliber offensive line. No. And I think you look at rounds four. And five, right? They took two, two a guard and a center. You know, City Sow and Jake Andrews, the center in the fourth round, right? And then they took in, uh, Antonio Maffi in the fifth round. So they took three, three picks, two in the fourth, one in the fifth of interior offensive linemen. So what is that telling you, right? They they see the weakness there. They're investing in it to an extent, mid round picks. Um, but they realize that, that is a problem. And and Trent Brown, you know, obviously with his size, that's not going to hold up long-term in the NFL, right? I mean, he's had success in New England. When he left, he wasn't as great. He came back, he did well. So that's great. Brady's not his quarterback anymore. Like, that's what the other part we, that, That's something that I don't think fans understand that um, when I was at PFF, they, they, lived, they lived the charge, especially Eric Eager, uh, who's now at Sumer Sports. Um, co- pressure is more of a quarterback stat than offensive line stat because yeah. your tendency to hold on to the ball or get out or get really fast uh, really determines pressure, right? Like, I, I'm, I think it was the 2018 playoffs when they played, uh, when the Pats played the Chargers and Joey Bosa just fucking beat Trent Brown like a drum, but he had no pressures because Brady got out in two uh, under two and a half seconds every damn time. Like, that's, that's not Trent Brown winning. Yeah, right. That is Tom Brady winning. Right. Um, 
Now that you have Mac Jones, who does get out pretty fast, like he's not slow, but he's not Tom Brady. Sure. Like Tom Brady would consistently rank in the top three of time to throw every time every year. Mac Jones is not that. Uh, Trent Brown, they're they're paying to be a franchise left tackle, but he's not. He's not that, and and he's also he's older. Like this is this is a rough offensive line for a rough offense, and everyone's in love um, that Bill O'Brien is back. <laughs> Bill O'Brien is not going to be able to do anything with this group. This is a bad group. Um, it's a bad group. It, it's a bad group. And then you look at the defense, like edge rushers, I, I have them as, as the favorite. And even that's like, you know, we're talking about a favorite of a bad group here. Matthew Junon is by far the best player on the team. Um, I like Dietrich Weiss. He's fine. Uche's fine. Uh, we'll see what Keon White can do. Uh, Amphrey James is pretty solid. Uh, so you got five guys there that you feel pretty good with at edge. And then D tackles. Eh? You know, like, eh? Oh, was, oh, Devon Godshaw. Like, Christian Barrymore. Uh, Lawrence Guy. Guy. Bukele is like, this is an okay. Linebacker group is whatever. It's fine. It's not great. It's deep. Like, it's like five guys deep in the linebacker, yeah. but none of them are good. Plus starters, not bad. They're they're fine. They're average NFL starters, but they're not. No one's a plus starter there. Yep. Uh, and then you know you, you like I think Christian Gonzalez is going to be good, but we'll see. You have a rookie, especially when you're a rookie in a bad team like this. Like we'll see. Um, originally it was safety, which was the strength, right? It was yeah, Adrian Phillips, Kyle Duggar, Jarrell Peppers, and Devin McCourty. Those are phenomenal four. Yep. McCordy leaves, and now it's you know Adrian Phillips is good, but and also I mean, I mean I'll, I'll give like a little bit of a preview, a little hint behind the behind the curtain here of how it it is. Uh, it's all based on value grades, right? Like when we look at safeties, or look at safeties, like you know, NFL uh, Super Bowl caliber teams have at least one plus safety, right? So if you have a plus safety, that's counted as even, right? Right. Then second plus safety, that's that's a plus one, right? So when you had Phillips, Duggar, Peppers, and um and uh and McCordy, you had now Phillips was already a plus safety, so that's even, right? And then Duggar's a plus one. And then uh McCordy was like a no another plus one because no, that that's higher than you should have been. And then Peppers right. was a fourth safety. Most teams don't even have a good fourth safety, so that's right. another plus one. So like, you have like this really big Good safety group, and all of a sudden it drops down to just a one. One. Because Peppers is pretty even for you expect from a safety three. He's a great safety four. He's an average safety three. Uh, Kyle Duggar is a good second safety uh, or strong safety. And Phillips is a what you expect to have a free safety. So, like, it's, it, you, you turned, again, not them. They didn't ask McCordy to retire. He just did, which I get because his team is bad. Um, but this team is not good. This is a bad team. I think this team finishes top 10 in the draft. Um, it honestly, it, so it, it begs a question here. Do you think Bill Belichick survives 2023? Whether he is fired or he. Do you think out. Make, like makes it to the end of the year? Like, like I mean, it's like, does he make it to 2024? No, I don't think so. I think he's done. I think he's done. I think, I think he's, I think it's time for him to go. I think it's time for. I think it's time for the the organization to move on. Listen, he's undeniably one of the best, if not the best, coach of all time. There's there's no doubt. But the run is over. 
you know, I think, I think it's, it's in a weird way because they don't have the success, but in a weird way, the front office reminds me of the Knicks years, like kind of like not too long ago. And what I mean by that is I think that there's too much control in the front office, right? Like there's no, no one is making a decision in the front office for the Patriots. It's Bill Belichick. Right. And as of a couple of years ago, Robert Kraft, I think, kind of saw that and took away his draft uh, rights and his scouting rights. Right. So he's the pseudo or he, he is the GM technically, but not by name. Right. There's a pseudo right. GM, if you will. But I think that has to kind of end. I think they'll go out on. On good terms, I'm sure that they will. But I think that, listen, you have a guy in. in in Gerard Mayo who could step in and he's been a, a hot candidate, you know, of sorts uh, in, in NFL circles and coaching carousels and in the search. So he would be another good option that's in the house. Um, but who knows, maybe they want a clean slate and move on from Belichick completely. And, and we'll see. No, I agree. Uh, it, does, it does bring up the debate of like, should coaches have a say in the 90 man right because a lot a lot of coaches don't a lot of coaches uh only have control of 53 and some don't even have control of that like i know joe douglas has the 53 control so solid doesn't even pick who makes the team in the end like i think he picks the 45 uh and honestly he picks who starts right Um, but he has no control over uh who actually makes the roster um i am fully of the belief that if coaches were good at drafting that making the 90 there wouldn't be a personnel staff but sure. they're not they're not uh and it's and it's partly because they don't have enough time right nfl coaching is crazy complex yeah uh and you just don't have the time to then sit and like like there's not a day you know like you know it's, it's not like being an nfl fan right where you watch football on sunday and like you uh, maybe watch the Monday night game and then you don't watch anything on Tuesday. So like, all right, I'll watch action or whatever on Tuesday. And then you don't watch anything on Wednesday. So like you'll watch, uh, maybe, maybe you'll watch the highlights on like the Texas game or whatever. Yeah. Like, there's a night game and then Friday happens and you watch whatever games on Friday night, like Louisville versus fucking Duke, or whatever. Uh, and then Saturday you watch, you watch the Saturdays of college games and then Sunday again. NFL coaches, they are just dialed in from, yeah. from, they don't go home. Like players get Monday off, coaches do not. They they are dialed in for the entire season, uh, and then when they get done, they are burnt out. They're burnt out. Like yeah, like they'll they'll do some scouting work, but like NFL draft boards are in like their middle phase by January. By the time the coaches are done with their coaching job, the yeah. draft board's like already halfway done. So you're gonna say like, all right, coach, now, especially someone like the Patriots, right? Who used to go yeah. deep into the playoffs. Like they'd be done in February. Like Bill Belichick wouldn't stop coaching until after the All Star games were over. Yeah. So he would have missed all of that. So it's like, all right, Bill, you know, you missed everything. Seventy five percent of the draft process. Yeah. Go pick a player now. It's like, okay, like that, yeah. that's you're so behind at that yeah. point. You know, you that, like it. Coaches, I really don't think coaches should have to say in the ninety um, and in the draft. I think that. Also, they should have they should have input, but at the end, it should not be their decision. And I think a lot, a lot of times is and and you see this in, in recruiting, you see it in scouting. Uh, coaches, especially position coaches, do not know what they're actually looking for. Right. 
the amount of time, and like you've been an assistant coach for, I'm an assistant coach. There have been times I've asked coaches, like, because like I I create rubrics so I can a so I can show it to parents and be like, this is why your kid's not starting, this is why this kid is. Um, I'll be like, all right, listen, you know, tell me about your defense. Like, explain to me what are you looking for in a player, and they'll they're like, oh, you know, uh, you know, I, I want a I want a corner, uh, you know, who's good at zone. I'm like, all right, great. And then and then we go through his his defense, and he plays. 95 percent man it's right. like what the fuck are you talking about like we're like you're like oh i want you know i want these big stout defensive linemen and then he has to run stunts every other play it's like no you don't you actually don't want that you like you think you want that yeah. but you don't want that um, exactly and that happens so often with coaches who are like uh oh, or or you the, the main one right they follow the body type like oh that oh, guy yeah. oh, that guy coming off the bus and it's like well you know it's not high school <laughs> Yeah. Like that's... yeah, it's like yeah, that's great that he looks big. But yeah. like can he do anything? Like can he actually do right. anything? Like that's, you know, that's something that the we've, big arm. we've learned as as coaches that you know uh, that we've seen it and it's like, you know, you got to you have to be able to trust, right, that what's kind of being done. And that that's why I think it's it's really hard for a lot of guys because they're not good at delegating those roles. Oh yeah, like, that's really hard. I think for a guy like Bill Belichick, it may be harder for him. And maybe he's learned it as the years have gone on, maybe a little bit. But um, I think it's kind of like, and I don't mean to say this in a negative sense, but it's kind of like helicopter parents. When the parent steps away and the kid steps into the real world, there's a huge adjustment period. Now, what I mean by that with Bill Belichick is look at his coaching tree, if you will, or his coaches. So bad. Once they're once he's no longer there, helicoptering around, they're not as good, right? They're not. They don't know how to kind of function in a sense, or or they they struggle, right? So, I well, think I think, I think a lot of that, and I agree with you. I think a lot of that's just because, you know, when you have some of that that's teaching you like a scheme, right? Like you know, because you learn you have a new scheme that you're running in your in your team, uh, and you're learning about that scheme, right? And you're talking to that coach who's teaching you that scheme, right? You can do that. You can learn a new scheme. Bill Belichick, year in, year out, will change his offense and defense yeah. based on the personnel he has and who he's playing. There are times he'll play a different defense just from one week to the next. Yeah. Because this man has forgotten more about ball than most of us will ever know, right? That That is what makes Bill Belichick so great. It's not, you know, the defense okay. he runs, the offense he runs, or the, or, the, or the mind he has for scouting. It's the fact that he knows. This dude is a football historian. Like, him and like get him and Sean McVay together, and they could probably have a blast. Yeah. Like these, he just knows. At, there's nothing that an offense or defense can show Bill Belichick that he doesn't have an answer for, yeah. right? He just has it. You can't give that to a a pupil or a student, right? That is something you just earn over time, and yeah. you can you have to study for it. And even when you study for it, you don't always get it, right? Like he, you can't give that because he's not giving a scheme. Right. right. There's no Bill Belichick scheme. There's no Bill Belichick offense or defense. Right. There's a reason why he loves these versatile players because he changes his defense every other play. Like yep. it's just like it's he, you know, before the idea of like multiple defenses was a thing, he was doing it. Yeah. Like, uh, you know, back in the day where like, oh, the, these were a three, four, this is a four, three. He's like, never Bill Belichick. He's like, he's going to be a four, three day. We'll be a four, three for this, for this set of plays. And then yeah. he's a three, four. And then he's a bear. And he's an odd. It's like, 
All right. It is what it is. Like, it's, it's good, good for him. Um, you can't pass that down. Uh, and I, honestly, I think if Bill Belichick chose to be a GM, he'd be the best GM of all time. But I just oh, don't yeah. think you can be both. Oh, yeah. I just I think that's the problem. I think if Bill Belichick was a full-time general manager, I think if Bill Belichick stepped away from coaching and became a full-time general manager, he'd be the best general manager in the game. But right. I just don't think you can do both. It's too complex of a game, especially now. And also now it's a nonstop game. Yeah. It is just impossible to stay ahead uh, with the personnel stuff. So I, I, I think it's time for him to step down. And I get it. Like, you know what? If, if I knew my gift was just an unbelievable knowledge of the game, how could you delegate? Yeah. No, right? It's, it's nuts. Yeah, you yeah, can. It, it's like, all right, well, I, I, I know for a fact you know less than me. Exactly. And that's, I, and I think he probably hasn't come to the grips with that, to be honest. It's just too hard. And honestly, I don't blame him. I, it's, it's really hard. And listen, he, he, he got where he is today because of it. He's one of the best coaches of all time, if not the best coach of all time. But I do think it's, it's time to, to hang him up. Bye. 